Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Okay, I'm going to start out with a story, but some of you may know the punchline on this, so I'm going to tell you, just don't shout out the punchline if you know it. Now tell me, I won't do it. Okay, good. Thank you. After a long illness, and this does deal with eternity, so just so you know. After a long illness, a woman died, and she arrived at the gates of heaven. While she was waiting for St. Peter to greet her, she peeks through the gates, and she saw a beautiful banquet table. Sitting there all of, uh, her, were her parents and all the other people that she loved who had died before her. And they saw her and began shouting out to her, hey, good to see you, how are you, we've been waiting for you, and all of that. And so now, St. Peter comes by, and, and uh, the woman says to him, you know, this is just a wonderful place, how do I get in? And he says, you have to spell a word. And so she says, what word? And he answers, love. And so she correctly spells L-O-V-E, and he welcomes her into heaven, okay? So about a year later, St. Peter came to the woman and asked her to watch the gates of heaven uh, for that day. And so, and just to let you know, this is not uh, theologically sound, this story. <laughs> but anyway, so she's, she's watching the gates of heaven. And while she's guarding the gates, her husband arrives. And she says, wow, I'm surprised to see you. How have you been? And he goes, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I've been doing pretty well since you died. He says, I, I married the beautiful young nurse who took care of you while you were ill. Then I won the lottery. I sold the little house that you and I lived in and bought a big mansion. And my wife and I traveled all over the world. And we were on vacation. And I went water skiing today. I fell. And the ski hit my head. And here I am. How do I get in? And she says, well, you have to spell a word. And he says, what word? And she hesitates for a split second and says, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Not theologically sound, but it is funny. You got to admit. <clears throat> okay, so we're in part two of this series on eternity. Next week, I'm going to close it out, and I'm going to talk next week specifically about the imminent return of Jesus. There are a lot of different philosophies and thinkings and theology, really, about the return of Christ. And so next week, I'm going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it, well, I'll just put it out there, the imminent return of Jesus. That means Jesus could come at any moment. Okay, going to talk about that next week. So don't miss it. Tell yourself, don't miss it. Eternity is a lot closer than many of us realize. In James 4.14, we read this last week, he says, Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So the Bible says our life in this life is just like a mist. It just, and then it's gone, this life. But when we pass from this life, we don't cease to exist. 
Every one of us are going to live somewhere for eternity. And the Bible tells us there's only two places where everyone will spend their eternity, heaven or hell. Last week, I talked about hell, and if you weren't here last week, I do have uh, copies, uh, about four or five copies of those notes. If you'd like them after the class, uh, ask me, and I'll get you a copy. I'll be uh, out in the foyer pretty quick after the class, so don't forget, and I'll get those to you. I talked about hell last week. It's a place of eternal suffering. It's a forever place. Matthew 25, 46, Jesus called it everlasting punishment. In Hebrews 6, verse 2, it's called eternal judgment. Hell is real, and we don't even want to go there. And everybody said, amen. But there's another place where we can spend eternity, and it's called heaven. Heaven is the antithesis of hell. Everything that hell is heaven isn't. Everything that hell isn't, heaven is. The only thing that is similar or the same is its forever nature. Words associated with eternity as eternity is used in the Bible are everlasting, evermore, perpetual, always, long, and more. And so tonight, what we're going to look at is more. You say, more what? More of everything good that God has to offer, and that's a whole lot. Uh, in my lifetime, I've, I've lived in two different African countries as a missionary, Kenya and Malawi, and before I moved to each country, I got all the information I could on the country I was going to move to because I wanted to know what they were going to be like. I, I asked people, talked to some missionaries that had lived there. Uh, I uh, uh, read online and in books and stuff to find out what it was like. We need to look into God's Word to find out what heaven is going to be like. Right? If we're going to spend eternity in heaven, we ought to know a little bit about it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16 says, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them, or has prepared a city for them. The city that's referred to here is called the New Jerusalem, and it's a big place. It's referred to in Revelation 21, uh, verse 10 and 11, and then verse 16. The Spirit took control of me, and the angel carried me to the top of a very high mountain. He showed me Jerusalem, the holy city, coming out of heaven from God, and shining with the glory of God. And the city shone like a precious stone, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Then verse 16, the city was perfectly square, as wide as it was long. The angel measured the city uh, with his measuring stick, and it was 1,500 miles long and was as wide and high as it was long. Amen. That's a big town. Uh, the New Jerusalem is huge. It's 1,500 square miles. That would be like 
uh, from Canada to Mexico, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Rocky Mountains, and then just as high, 1,500 miles high. Now, somebody did some calculations, and they say that uh, if there were 20 billion people in heaven, which that may be a little generous, but if there are, hopefully there will be, but we don't know. Anyway, if there were 20 billion people in heaven, each person would be able to have a 75-acre lot, probably better than what most of us have now. There's a river of living water uh, and trees that will have fruit on them all the time. As born-again believers, we have a place prepared for us. Jesus spoke in John John 14 and said he was going to prepare a place for us so that where he was, we could be also. I look forward to it, don't you? And I enjoy uh, preaching and teaching and thinking about, talking about heaven uh, about as much as I do anything else. It's, it's a very good subject. It's a very hopeful subject. And, but even though I, I, and I've preached about it a lot, I've, I've taught about heaven quite a bit. And as much as I have, as hard as I try to convey what it's going to be like, It's just a dim reflection of what heaven really is going to be. In fact, our natural minds couldn't contain it. If it would literally blow our minds if we if we knew what all of heaven would be like. And so it's far greater and far more than we can imagine. First Corinthians uh, chapter two, verse nine. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, I believe this verse refers to this life and also the life to come. Uh, When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't have any idea of what all God had prepared for me. I don't believe that any of us still know all the good things that God has still for us as we live in this life. Uh, my life, I haven't had a charmed life, in other words, a life without any difficulties or problems since I got saved. I've had some crises. I've had some difficulties. I've had some trials and some tribulations and some trouble, like all of us have. But overall in my life, I have been greatly blessed. And God has done things that have just astounded me because I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard what God has prepared for those who love him. But then he reveals them to us by a spirit. The Bible goes on to say there. So that's true not only in this life, but also in the life to come. See, heaven is far greater than anything we could imagine. Now, I have heard and read accounts of people who say they have been to heaven and back, and a lot of you probably have as well. And I don't believe that we ought to base our faith or our understanding of heaven on these kind of accounts, but those who say that they have been to heaven talk 
uh, about beautiful colors that we have never seen, uh, about hearing music like we have never heard, landscapes that are incomparable, and it does just kind of ring true, you know? So uh, it's, it's cool accounts of those who have said they've been there and back. Uh, I have been able to see in my lifetime some beautiful things here uh, in, in, in uh, this life. Uh, uh, I've been in Kenya uh, and seen the migration of tens of thousands of animals. Uh, I've seen whales breaching off the coast of South Africa. Uh, the highlands of Scotland, they're beautiful. Uh, Arizona sunsets are, you can, you can hardly beat them. Uh, and so there's so many things that all of us, beautiful things that we have seen uh, in this life, but as beautiful as, as everything we have seen in this world, it is incomparable to what God has prepared for us in heaven. The greatest experiences we have had in this life with God are incomparable to what we're going to have in heaven. We have a lot to look forward to. But, and so the Bible does give us insight, some insight, into what heaven is going to be. And first of all, I just want to point something out, and that is heaven is better. <laughs> That's pretty clear, isn't it? Heaven is better. Somebody say, thank God. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, and then verse 23, Paul is writing, and he says, for, to, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, to a lot of people, they just can't even figure that out. You mean that because so many people are just hanging on in this life. It just, you know, just, but, but for us as believers, we have something to look forward to. To die is gain. Verse 23, he says, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. So heaven is far better. Almost sounds southern, doesn't it? Far better. The first thing that I really want to point out about heaven is, is that it's not going to be boring. Yeah, if heaven is far better than here, then surely it isn't going to be boring. I think some people think, there are people who think of heaven as being kind of boring, like sitting on a cloud for all eternity. Uh, one of the old far side uh, cartoons has a guy sitting on a cloud in heaven and there are people on other clouds that are sitting around and he's up there and he's looking kind of bored and he thinks and he's thinking to himself wow I should have brought a book <laughs> truthfully I think it's the devil who painted the picture of heaven sitting on clouds playing harps in white sheets for all eternity uh, that doesn't sound far better to me. It sounds like eternal boredom, and heaven is going to be anything but boring. Say, I believe that. Heaven is going to be far better than the life here as we know it. Uh, sometimes I get, I get tired of this life here, don't you? I mean, I get tired of listening to the—I don't listen to the news much anymore— 
Rarely ever. And I'm not saying that you're weird if you listen to the news. I'm just saying I don't because I get frustrated. I've, I've talked about that quite a bit. I just get frustrated, so I just don't listen to it. We're in the political season now, and I get tired of the politics. Saying that, I do want to interject something, and I believe that every one of us as Christians ought to vote our beliefs. And so, as tired I am of the politics, as distrustful as many of us are of the political system that's going on in, in almost every realm, all of us as God's people ought to vote Christian beliefs. And so, that, just, that was just a freebie, not even in my notes, you know, but... But a lot of us, we get tired of bad news. There's, there's bad news all the time on TV of killings and murders and, and uh, 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 wars and all of this. The Bible talks about a better time and a better place. Amen. Revelation 21, 3 through 4 says, And I heard a voice, a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, <clears throat> and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Amen. Verse 4, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. <clears throat> That's a lot right there. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And I want to read verse 4 again, and I want you to really think about what is spoken here. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. God's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Everything that has caused us to cry will be finished. We won't ever have a cause to cry again. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. No more death. I, I, am, I, I can't even, I, I've not kept count of how many memorial services I've officiated in or been a part of, or have, you know, seen and been, been in a, a lot over the years. And uh, it's painful. Uh, even, even for believers who have gone on to be with the Lord, it's painful to see families grieve. It's painful uh, for us, every one of us, no doubt, has had close loved ones that have gone on uh, into eternity, and it's painful, and the pain of death. You know, I look forward to the day where there's going to be no more memorial services, Amen. and the reunion that we have ahead. I look forward to seeing Howard Pennington again. I, I look forward to seeing uh, my mom and my dad and, and my grandparents and so many others who have gone on before uh, heaven's a lot to look forward to. He says, there, there shall be no more pain. No more pain. No more emotional, mental, or physical pain. In heaven, 
there won't be any kind of pain at all. That's good. That's better than here. A lot better. Now, I want you to tell yourself, it's far better. Okay, so it's going to be, heaven's going to be better. Place we're going, it's a better place, but also we will be better. I really look forward to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 53 says, Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. See, our bodies are going to be better. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of look forward to having a brand new body. Yeah, a body that'll never get old or worn out or tired. Cindy and I were coming tonight to, to the class and driving. Both of us were yawning. We weren't bored. We were just tired, you know, had a, had a day. And she, she gets up early, early in the morning. Starts. She's working at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I get up a little later. Uh, but you know, day is gone, and so we're, we're. I've woken up now. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty awake now. But but I'm looking forward to having a body that doesn't get uh, like this one. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, a better body, uh, one that's immortal and eternal and perfect. A perfect body, you know. Uh, people are tweaking and having things sucked and, uh, and lifted and everything to try to get a better-looking body. Well, this is going to, God just throws it in for free. Amen. It wasn't free. It cost the precious blood of Jesus. But, but when we get there, our, our bodies are going to be all right. So our bodies are going to be better, perfect, but not only that, but our character or our behavior will be better. I like that. The Bible says we will be incorruptible. That means we, we can't be corrupted anymore. Uh, we not only will have perfected bodies, but we will be perfected in character. Thank God. Uh, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you, but I'm, I'm going to put this on me. I discourage myself sometimes. I want to love everybody perfectly. I want to treat everyone like Jesus would have treated them. I want to respond to criticism with grace, to hardship with complete confidence, always. I want to even react to Kingman drivers with love. 
but I don't always succeed. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not perfect yet. None of us are. And so a lot of us here, there are times where we think, you know, I just, I, that's, I just don't, I, I, I need to do better, be better, and all that, right? But there's a day that's coming when every believer will be perfected. No more bad tempers. No more grumpy days. No more sullen days. No more falling to temptation. No more frustration with us, with ourselves. 1 John 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That's pretty good. Heaven will be better than here, and we will be better there. Doesn't that sound good? We have something to look forward to. So I want to look, just as we get toward the end, about who goes to heaven. And, and those who go to heaven aren't the ones who are just good. Uh, it's not the deserving who go to heaven. No one deserves to go to heaven because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So I want you to hear this because it's important. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We don't go to heaven because we deserve to. We are saved by grace through faith and not by what we've done. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, he saved us. Now, I've laid that foundation, and that being said, what we do as believers here on earth will make a difference in eternity. Now, I want you to hear this clearly so that I'm not, you don't misunderstand or misquote me later. We are, again, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. We're not going to make heaven our home because of our good works, but the Bible says what we do for God and others here will follow us into eternity. Revelation 14 verse 13 says, and then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, the Spirit says that they may rest from their labors and their works Follow them. Okay. So, there are two different judgments in eternity. One is for the unbeliever, the person who didn't get saved. Those who don't accept Christ will be judged for their sins. Revelation 20 verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and whom, him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. 
These are, will be punished for all eternity in the lake of fire. Uh, hell is real. Talked about that last week. Don't forget, get the notes uh, after the service if you weren't a part of uh, last week's class. It's, eternity in hell is real, and those who don't get saved are going to spend eternity separated from anything and everything good. Now, there's another judgment for believers. Revelation 20, verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now, I know some of you may be thinking right now, oh no, I'm going to be judged according to my works. Help me, Jesus. But listen, as believers, we don't need to be afraid to stand before Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 and 18 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. This is a wild verse of Scripture, verse 17. talks about having boldness in the day of judgment. This doesn't mean an arrogance where we, well, of course I'm here. We're not going to feel that way. But we can have confidence about our eternity. We should, as God's people, have confidence that when we pass from this life and we appear before God, it's not going to be with fear and trembling of uh, all the bad that he's going to do to us. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, and our sins have been remembered no more. Amen. Tell yourself, no more. no more. Okay. So we can be bold in the day of judgment because of God's love. Yes. Now tell yourself, that's a relief. Yes. So we are not judged to be punished. We are judged to be rewarded. What we do now will be remembered them, then. You know, there, there's a lot of people who think of pastors and those who are involved in public ministry, that these are going to be kind of the superstars in heaven. The reality is the Bible says that those who are involved in public ministry are going to receive more strict judgment. So now, so, so, so you guys could say, help him, Jesus. Thank you. God does things a lot differently than what we would think. Matthew 10, verse 42, Jesus is speaking. He says, and whoever gives to one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of, the, of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I always like that verse. You know why? Because it talks about a reward in heaven for simply giving a cup of cold water. I love that. And I've always thought that what that must mean is that God's almost looking for excuses to reward us. 
See, a lot of people think of God so differently. They think he's just looking for an excuse. You know, he's like a baseball bat God or something. Just, ah, zap, you know. Any of you ever see the old uh, movie Fantasia? And it's got, you know, Zeus and all, and he's throwing lightning bolts. And so that's the way a lot of people think of God. God's not that way to his people. He isn't. He yearns and desire and is looking forward to rewarding us. So, as we think about eternity heaven and understand that we will be rewarded throughout all eternity for the good we do, it will probably make a difference in how we live here. Amen. Well, that was one amen. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. It will probably make a difference in how we live here, right? We're going to be rewarded for all eternity. It'll make a difference possibly in how we treat others with kindness or being nice. You know, it may even affect our financial giving. Somebody says, what? Yeah, look, look at this. Matthew 6, 20 and 21 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Cindy and I have always been happy to give our tithes and offerings and support missions, and we just we do that as a matter of course. It's part of what we have done, and we both practice it from the early days of, uh, of our salvation through the course uh, both of us for for decades of life. And so we just do that's part of our life and our lifestyle. But it is really nice to know that those investments uh, will pay off in heaven. God doesn't forget. That's kind of nice to know, isn't it? I've made some investments down here that haven't been real great. I've joked about it at times. I've bought some property in around about uh, that because uh, I thought, you know, turn that property over and make a profit. Well, it's out there still in the desert, out way out in the desert. If you like some property, want to spend a whole bunch of money, then come talk to me. But anyway, I've made investments here that haven't been always that great. I'm pretty excited about the investments that we make in heaven and our giving here makes a difference in what we will receive on the other side, that God keeps good books. Aren't you glad? There's a reward for those who reach others for Christ. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So, thank God. There's a reward even for those of us who were just waiting for His coming. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8, Paul is writing, he says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved Him. His appearing. I like what Paul writes here. He says, finally. <laughs> I, think that, I think that when we get to heaven, we're, we're going to all probably say, finally. 
Today wouldn't be that bad day, huh? He says, there's a crown of righteousness laid up to all those who love his appearing. I love the thought that Jesus could come at any moment, don't you? John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. This will be the last portion of Scripture we'll read. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What Jesus is talking about here is really the best part of heaven. More than a place where there's no more pain or heartache or sickness or death, uh, no more bills, no more car payments, no more mortgage payments, no more utility bills, more than walking on streaks of gold or drinking from a river of living water, the best of heaven is going to be seeing and being with Jesus forever. Just got a rush. Woo! Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And if, and if he, he doesn't come before we pass, we have an assurance that whether we die in the Lord or we're here when he comes, we have the promise of a reality of being with him forever. Amen. I like that reality. I like that. Heaven is far better. I like that reality. I'm looking forward to that reality more than the reality that we're living in right now. Don't you? Don't you look forward to that? Praise God. Okay. Let's bow our heads. And I've talked about eternity, and there are those, some that are, are listening online, or if you're here tonight, and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, or not sure, just, you know, you're not sure where you stand with him, uh, I want to say, and we're just all going to repeat this prayer, uh, just to give us an assurance of being ready for heaven. You, if you mean this in your heart, you pray this in your heart to him, and out loud, and believe in your heart, you'll be ready. In a moment of time, you'll be ready. If you, have, if you weren't, you will be. And so, let's just pray. If you'll just pray along with me. Father, I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for all my sins. I receive you into my life as Lord and Savior. Thank you for the promise and reality of heaven and for the assurance I have that I will spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a thank offering and just give him a clap? We applaud you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Praise God. Isn't God good? Uh, next week, I'm going to talk about and there's a lot of different opinions. I'll just tell you beforehand, there's so many 
different opinions about uh, rapture, is there a rapture, when the rapture is going to be, if there's going to be a rapture. Next week, I'm going to talk about something that is very definitive. It's not divisive. It's definitive about the imminent return of Jesus. So whatever your belief system is about the return of come next week, and this is going to be biblical. I believe it, uh, that you'll see that it is uh, very uh, theological, and we have something to look forward to, Amen. the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Just dated myself, didn't I? Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.